praise team a good hand this morning. They're doing a great job. Stepped up to the plate for us last March to do this nine o'clock service. And they, they have gotten better and better each week, haven't they? Doing a great, great job. Amen. Great job. If you would like to turn with me in John chapter 10, we're going to continue on in the series, The Seven I Statements of Jesus. Seven I Statements of Jesus. Let me share with you something that I think is very exciting. In um, the middle of April, April the 14th, I believe it is, Wednesday night, we haven't had anything on Wednesday nights for nearly a year, uh, I guess over a year, uh, but we're going to have a series of four services. Um, uh, Thurman Collier is going to come and preach for us on the 14th and the 21st, and then Travis Gore will be here on the 28th and then on May the 5th. So four straight Wednesday night services, and it's been on my heart to do this, a time of renewal, and it's been a tough year, and we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and I just think we need to carve out a little time to be together and worship, give the Holy Spirit time to just touch us and refresh us and be with us, amen? So be in prayer for those services, and uh, invite some folks to come. Those are two... Um, I was going to say homeboys, but that might be not quite the term I'm looking for. They were homegrown <laughs> uh, out of this church, uh, Thurman all the way up uh, from, from birth, right? And then Travis started his ministry here at this church, and now he's the state youth director. So uh, that says a lot for this church, doesn't it? But uh, amen. So we're excited to have them come, and they're going to preach for us um, and just be praying, let's get excited and be part of that. April the 14th is the first Wednesday night for that. So I wanna preach this morning as we continue on in this sermon series, the seven I am statements of Jesus. We look throughout the whole gospel of John and we see seven big statements by Jesus. I hope that you're reading the gospel of John. I was able to finish it the other night, I really had some other work I needed to do, so I procrastinated that, and I finished reading the book of John, so I thought I could justify it by that. Don't tell my wife over there. But I finished reading the Gospel of John. I hope that you're reading it. It's a great read, a powerful account of the life of Christ, and it's a good time to read it leading up to Easter Sunday, uh, and it ties well with this series. So I hope that you're reading the Gospel of John. If not, jump in and, and, and read it before Easter would be great. But one of the I am statements of Christ was, I am the door. I am the door. Now, when I thought about the door, if you would indulge me for a few moments, the first thing I thought was not very spiritual. I thought of an old game show when they would pick behind a door. Uh, when I was growing up and we would pull into the driveway at my grandparents' house, uh, they had gotten a little older and the hearing had gone down. You could pull into the driveway and you could hear the television at certain times of the day just blasting. You could tell what they were watching. And if it was 11 o'clock, it would be The Price is Right. Um, if it was, what, 7 o'clock at night, it was probably Will of Fortune and then Jeopardy. Uh, but you could hear those. And I thought about a game show. And there was a game show, and I couldn't remember which one it was, where people would pick behind a door. So I used Google and I found out that it was called Let's Make a Deal. 
And the host was Monty Hall. And I know a lot of you are shaking your heads. You're familiar with that. With that. Makes me want to say, come on down. But, but that's another show, isn't it? That's Price is Right. That's right. That's right. So, so Monty Hall was the host, and they said he did it for over 30 years. And I understand that Let's Make a Deal is still a game show. It still comes on somewhere, another, a new uh, host of it. But contestants would trade something that maybe they had for something that they didn't know was behind a door or under a box, and they might win a car or they might get a goat, right? You didn't, you didn't know. But I thought about that when I thought about the door, and I thought with Christ, when we select his door, when Christ says, I am the door, we know what we're going to get. And this morning when we look, we're gonna close with the scripture passage from John chapter 10, one through 10. That's our text today. When we close with that passage, we're gonna see exactly what is behind the door when Christ says, I am the door. But I thought about in real life and I thought about if, if we were thinking of, of real life and thinking of what could be behind doors in real life, I thought what could be in certain rooms? What could be in the rooms of life? And I really, I know I've said it a lot already this morning, I've really reflected as I've put this together about this past year that we've gone through, and it's been a tough year. We have things that we would have loved to have done that got canceled, and then they got canceled again. Uh, Just life has been upside down, it seems, at times. And it's very easy that we could go into certain rooms that we don't need to go into, enter certain doors that we don't need to enter. One of those rooms I thought of, I just simply called a dark room. If you ever open the door and a room is just, just dark, no light on, no night light on, nothing, it's just dark. And if we aren't careful in life, we can live in a dark room, a dark room where our sin is not dealt with. Our sin is not covered by the blood of Christ. And so then we live in that sin and sin brings to us guilt and shame. There's nothing good about sin. The only good thing about sin is knowing that Christ can take our sin away. We don't have to stay in a dark room. And after we have accepted Christ, There is no need to stay in that dark room and feel that guilt and shame any longer. Who the Son has set free, the Bible says, is free indeed. We serve a God, we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who will take our sins away and will deal with the guilt and the shame and he gives us a new start in life. We can come out of the dark room. Then I thought about a padded room. A padded room. Now, I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm not trying to be humorous here when I say, I know sometimes we say padded rooms and we, we make jokes and whatever, but I, I'm being serious right here when I, when I talk about maybe a room that is filled of, with fear, a room that is maybe filled with anxiety, a room of paranoia, a room of times of being afraid. This pandemic, I'm afraid, has caused some people to go into a room where they're living now in fear and and they're afraid and they have anxiety and that is not the room that Christ wants us to live in. Can I get an amen this morning? 
Then I thought about an isolated room. Have you ever gone into the room and shut the door, got in the bed and pulled the covers over your head and just isolated yourself from anybody and everybody? Now, sometimes that's a good thing, right? It's okay to be alone and have, have some quiet time and me time. Sometimes that's a good thing, but it is not God's will for us to go into a room, shut the door, lock the door, and stay away from everyone and separate and isolate ourselves totally, is it? But we have gone through months of time where it seems the enemy has worked in every possible way to separate us and to isolate us from the racial injustices to the COVID-19 and everything else, the political divisiveness, all of these things are working against us as society and trying to pull us apart. But Christ came to bring us together. Christ came to, to unite us in him. And he doesn't want us to isolate ourselves. As frustrated as we might get with this world around us, as discouraged and disappointed as we might be, we cannot isolate ourselves. First and foremost, we cannot isolate ourselves from our fellowship with Christ. But secondly, we need fellowship with fellow believers. We have to come together. We must fellowship together and worship together and not be isolated from each other. I'm reminded of the scripture that seems to go so well about telling us don't go into these rooms. It's 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This is the door that Christ has for you and I. He wants to give us power in love and a sound mind. So sometimes as we're navigating and finding the room, we find ourselves in the hallway. In the hallway. I wanna talk about the hallway for a few moments. Before entering through a door, we must navigate, typically navigate a hallway. But a hallway is not a destination. What do you mean, pastor, it's not a destination? Well, let me, let me just give a few examples here. If you came to my house and I opened the door and I say, come on in, I'm not gonna say, hey, let's go to the hallway, we'll have a snack together. I don't entertain my guest in the hallway. I don't go home at the end of the day and find something to eat. Now, you know I go home and find something to eat. You know that. But I don't go and find something to eat and then go to the hallway and sit down and eat my meal. The hallway is not a destination. At night, I don't tell my wife good night and go sleep in the hallway, unless she's kicked me out of the room. I had to do that. In the hallway, it's not a destination. And in life, don't we feel sometimes in life that we're in a hallway? We have left one place and we know God's put something in our heart and we know we're headed somewhere with him, but we're not here anymore and we haven't gotten to where he's taken us and we find ourselves in the hallway, which is not our destination and we're moving where Christ wants us to go. Now that's a good thing as long as we keep moving, but a hallway can be a frustrating place, can it? When we find ourselves between jobs, when we find ourselves trying to better ourselves in life, trying to better our relationship with Christ, whatever, sometimes that hallway can be a frustrating place. 
Now, my wife and I thankfully have our own restroom, bathroom, whatever, off of our main bedroom, but the kids have to share a bathroom. And I can hear the frustration in the hallway sometimes when it's, Isaac, get out of the bathroom. Mom, Dad, please tell Isaac to get out of the bathroom. Can I preach this morning? (laughs) You see, there is frustration in the hallway. And I know I'm being lighthearted with that, but in our lives and when we find ourselves in the hallway and in the frustration, it's not so funny then, is it? It's not so humorous then. But I wanna tell us this morning, I wanna give us some hope if we find ourselves in the hallway. And, And one of those things is this. I can make a decision of which door I want to enter regardless of whatever else is happening in the hallway. Let me say it this way. I can choose to walk through Christ's door regardless of whatever is happening all around me. There are things that are gonna happen in your life and in my life all around us that we cannot control. Some things will happen in our lives that we'll never be able to control. Some situations we can never deal with rectify, but I tell us this morning, over here we can always choose to walk through Christ's door. There'll be things in our lives that we can never change. There'll be things in our lives that will always upset us. There will be things in our lives that always challenge us. Those things cannot be controlled, but on the inside, he has given me a free will and I can make a decision. I'm coming out of the hallway and I'm gonna walk through Christ's door and I'm gonna serve him in this life in which I live. And he will take me through and he will bring me through. Let me talk about a few doors that come about with Christ in our lives. One is the prayer door, the prayer door. The privilege of prayer. I was just walking in the parking lot the other day and just a thought came to my mind, just that little phrase, the privilege of prayer. As children of God, knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have the privilege of prayer. Pastor Darrell said, said it very well a few moments ago. We can pray anytime and any place. We have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can I just preach to us this morning? Can I remind us that the main reason God created us was to have a relationship with us? What a great privilege. I would get excited if some dignitary wanted to allow me to meet with them and have access to them and maybe sit at their table and be in a big state official dinner. That would be exciting. It would be exciting to meet some athlete who has achieved great accomplishments on the, on the field or on the court. But greater than any of those things, the God of this universe wants to have a relationship with you and I through Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And when we realize that we were created, first and foremost, we were created to have a relationship with God. When that is right, when that is in place, everything else in our lives will fall into place. The privilege of prayer. 
thought of the old hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me to my Father's throne where I make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft times, many times escaped the tempter snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. I ask you this morning, are you praying? Are you fellowshipping with God? Do you have that relationship with him when you're driving down the road? Do you spend moments in prayer to God when challenging things come? Do you turn them over to the creator? When good times are there, do you thank him for the good times? Are you praying? The privilege of prayer, the honor of having a relationship with the God of the universe. There's another part of this prayer door that I called worship, the worship prayer, part of prayer, honoring God, the preciousness of worship. Am I fulfilling these things that I was created for? Am I praying? Am I worshiping him? I promise myself and I promise you that if I were to focus on that door, everything else in my life would be put into perspective. And then I thought about this door, the presence door. The presence door. Not the presents like we get under the tree at Christmas time, but his presence. You see, the gifts that God gives to us and the blessings that he gives to us, the presents like under a tree, those are wonderful things but they're not even close in comparison to his presence. Do you know what the, one of the most beautiful things about heaven is going to be? It's just the fact that we will always be in God's presence. We get excited about streets of gold and walls of jasper and mansions and all those things that the word describes that are in heaven, that's wonderful. But greater than all that, we're just gonna be in his presence. If it were a gravel road and a little cabin on the side of it, just to be in his presence, that's gonna be heaven. But I, I propose to us this morning that we can have heaven on earth. At times, we can be in the presence of God. I thank God for the times that I have been in his presence. Let me read a scripture. I didn't give it to them in the back. They might be able to put it up quickly. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16 that talks about walking through this door into his presence. Hebrews 4, 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, made it possible for you and I to go into the very presence of of the throne room of God. When he cried, it is finished, what was he meaning by that? The great plan of salvation was fulfilled. It is finished. But he didn't say that I am finished. And he didn't say that you are finished. But because he said it is finished, it means I am not finished. You remember a few weeks ago when we started this series and we started with the big I am these statements of Jesus, and then we had the little I am's where we said, because of this statement, 
I am this. Well, because he said I, it is finished. I am not finished. Because I have access to the throne of God. I can come boldly to him. And if I need mercy, if I need forgiveness, that is there for me. If I need grace to help. Does anybody ever need help? Everybody, anybody ever face challenging situations and you just need some extra help? There is grace to help us in the time of need. And I believe God cares about every part of our lives. And sometimes I might be having trouble with any number of practical things. And sometimes I just ask God to help me. Does anybody else do that? There is grace to help, amen, in the time of need. It is finished, and because it is finished, I am not finished. It is finished. Because the great plan of salvation is finished, I can come to Christ. I can walk through his door. I can accept him into my heart and into my life, and I can begin to be who he created me to be. So that brings us to our passage this morning, John 10, 1 through 10. If you want to flip there, they'll put it on the screen. You say, Pastor, that was the longest introduction that I have ever heard. <laughs> no, I promise you, I'm ending with the text today instead of starting with the text. <laughs> Somebody was about to panic there, weren't you? But you know, I didn't get to preach last Sunday, so if I'm a little long-winded today, right, it's okay. I'll balance it out. John 10, <laughs> verses 1 through 10. Here's where Jesus talks about the first part, he talks about I am the door. And then next part, he talks about I am the good shepherd. That'll be next week's sermon, I am the good shepherd. But let's read it together. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, right there, he is, at first you look at that and he's thinking of us going to God only through Jesus Christ. And that's very true and very theological. But he's actually talking about more in this first part of the parable of how Christ came to the sheepfold to save us. And he's talking about there are many thieves, many robbers, many false teachers and false religions that have tried throughout all of history to pull mankind to themselves, but they are thieves, they are robbers. They have come to steal what God has for us, but Christ is the way, the true way, the only way, and he has come to the sheepfold to save humanity. Look at verse two. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He is the only one that has access to the living God because he is the son of the living God. To him, verse three, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. That's you and I. We, we hear his voice. We hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit that draws us to him. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. There is such a thing as a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He knows us by our names and he calls our names and he leads us out. Verse four, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. We follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice 
of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. I thank God that we can have a better understanding this morning. If our heart is where we want to know more about him, we can understand what he is saying, but the crowd that day rejected him. Verse seven, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I ask us this morning, have we walked through this door of salvation? The most important decision you could ever make is to walk through the door of salvation and to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life, allow him to forgive your sins and begin that relationship with your creator. That's the door for us to walk through. If we don't walk through that door, then verse 10 is our reality. There are only two choices. We either walk through that door or verse 10 The thief, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. The choice this morning is the shepherd or the thief. Do I want to live my life following the shepherd or do I want to live my life in a toxic relationship with the thief? You say to me, Pastor Greg, I don't have a relationship with Satan or the thief or or the enemy. But if we don't have a relationship with Christ, then the enemy is stealing our lives and stealing our souls. Here's the good news. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The good news is this morning, you do not have to live, I do not have to live my life under the shame and the guilt and the burden and the pressure of sin. I can follow abundant life. I don't have to live my life having my hopes and my dreams destroyed and my peace destroyed and living constantly knowing there is something missing on the inside. I do not have to live that way, I can follow Christ, the good shepherd, the door who has come to give me abundant life. So how about it this morning? How about it this morning? There's an old song that says, how about your heart? Is it right with God? How about your relationship with him this morning? We're gonna pray in just a moment. And when we pray, I invite you, if there's anyone in this house that needs to invite Jesus Christ into your heart and you say, yes, I realize there is a void in my life. I realize there's something I am searching for, someone I am searching for. That person is Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel this morning that I get to share with you today. But I also wanna give an altar invitation of prayer to those of us who already know Christ, who as Christians who as Christians, we have found ourselves in some rooms that we don't wanna be in. 
We have found ourselves in some rooms. Maybe it's the room of fear and anxiety. The pressures of life have just pulled us down and we're in a cycle right now. We're stressed. We're pulled down. We're perplexed. I want to invite us this morning to go to prayer and find his presence, knowing that the good shepherd, he wants to bring us out. Can I get an amen this morning? Or maybe as a Christian, we have been in that room of isolation. We have found ourselves in the room where we just don't want to be around anybody or anything, and we've separated ourselves. But today, Jesus says, come, I am the door. I want to bring you out of that. Come and find again the preciousness of prayer. Come and find again the preciousness of my presence Come and find again the beautiful thing of fellowship with fellow believers. Come on out of that room. They sing about where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is liberty. And I want to remind us this morning that that is the case. That is the truth. That's the invitation today. That's the word that God has given us this morning. And I close again with this scripture that I opened with. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, of a sound mind. Would you stand with me this morning, please? They're gonna come and sing a final song and I invite you to pray during that time. And think about what the Lord has showed us here in this passage, John 10, one through 10. As they sing, this altar is open. If you need special prayer, if you want to come, the altar is open for you. If you want to come and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the altar is open for you to come and do that. But let me say this morning, you can accept Christ right where you're at. You can ask him to come right into your heart and into your life and make a change right where you stand this morning, if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you in that way. But this altar is open. Let's pray this morning. Would you bow your heads with me before they sing? Lord, we thank you so much, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your promise that you have come, that you are the door. You're the door to God, the door to salvation, the door to us finding that fulfillment that we will never find from anyone else or in any other place. I thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ who died on the cross, shed his blood for my sins and rose again on the third day. Jesus Christ who has ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and now he makes intercession for me and for all who will call upon his name. I pray that if there's any in this house this morning who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit would draw them to repentance. And God, I also pray this morning that there are any watching online or any that are here in the building today who are Christians but have found themselves in a a tough room, that the pressures of this life and the the pulling and the tugging of the enemy has, has pulled them down and frustrated them and maybe they find themselves in a room of of darkness or maybe they find themselves in a room of fear and anxiety maybe they have found themselves in a place of isolation I ask this morning that the Holy Spirit do a special work for them 
I ask this morning that the Holy Spirit lift them up and do a mighty thing for them and bring them back out of that room and into a sweet presence of God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. We commit the rest of this time to you. And we pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would do the work now that only he can do in every heart, every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please continue to pray and worship as they sing. This altar is open for you today.